0: Hello, everyone. Welcome once again. I am Jeff the Ref, and I am joined by Mad Mike here, and we are with the Refs Roundtable, part of Wrestling with the Futures. Nice little family of podcasting here. Now, Mike, it has been a uh, week since a little over a week since we were on here last, you know. And yeah, I I, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, some of the feedback I've been getting, of course, is I'm, I'm all knowing of. We already knew that. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so how's your week been there, uh, Mike?
1: Um, I've been good. I've been working a lot. Um, Yeah. Helping helping some families out. And other than that, just keeping things moving. Um, How are you doing? I see Uh, a little change on your end of the screen here, my friend. uh, Yeah, I... uh... You know, I, I'll tell you what it was.
0: Was see, me and my friend, we were playing a late night game of WWE 2K20, and,
1: <laughs> and I put my hair on the line. And, uh, well, so what you're saying is you're better at picking the matches than actually competing in the matches, I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I there lost. Hey, man. I'll, I'll get you some uh, wax. We can uh, we can shine it up for you.
0: <laughs> it's it's not totally. It's down to it's about a one one uh, clip of you know like no no guard on the clipper type cut. So
1: oh, you let me you let me do it. I'll have you looking looking super cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so, sir. I'll
0: tell you what. The, the, you know we've it's been kind of slow as far as like the news goes, but. There's definitely been a little bit of uh, things going on here, that, you know, in the week of wrestling. Um, and, and, you know, like some of the news that's been coming down the pipe. And one thing I would like to talk about is something that me and me, me and you had talked about a couple of weeks ago. And it's seeming more and more that they are going to be selling the pay-per-view rights to a possible streaming network. And i.e. somebody probably within the conglomerate of the Disney ABC network of family umbrella. Yeah. Um it's it, it's looking like that's going to be where it goes. What do you think about that Mike?
1: Well, it it's uh, a lot of money on the line and if there's one thing that the uh, McMahon family loves is money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not surprising and you know in these in this day and age you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have you know a billion streaming services out there, the WWE network, not to forget about them. Uh-huh. Um, and the big deal is, is content and viewers. And so um, partnering up with some big company is a surefire way for both sides to either get more content or viewers.
0: Well, I mean, I think that, you know, fans, WWE, in a roundabout way, they may have, like, trapped themselves in a or backed themselves into a small corner. Okay. Because... They've done the $9.99 network price since they started it.
1: Until it's about a month
0: like, ago. It, it, right, which it's not like they said for $9.99, you can have all the content. However, for 20.99 dollars or $15.99, you will be having our pay-per-views in addition to exclusive content. And now you're going to ask fans to go in addition to paying the 999 because they're going to not be airing pay-per-views no longer on the network is what
1: i'm out out. do you think all of the pay-per-views will get migrated over or is it just the key ones
0: uh they from again scuttlebutt talk and and what you can all you can do is read um i mean i don't know anybody that works for espn i don't know that you do but uh not on that kind of level maybe but um I did meet, I did meet,
1: you see this right here? Yeah. 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 Guess, that's the 2017 Masters flag. Guess who I met walking the grounds of Augusta National? Who's that? Jonathan Coachman. They're, I'm
0: not surprised he does cover all the golfing events for ESPN, so, um...
1: so. We walked together for a few minutes, and we were talking about wrestling, and he was like, man, this is the best. Yesterday, I was at, uh. I think he was at the final four or he was at some huge sporting event. Next day he's at Augusta National. We were talking about wrestling. It was it was really cool. But anyway, yeah. he's the only guy I can say I've met from ESPN.
0: Well, I, I you know, I he had a big part in ESPN being willing to cover wrestling like they do now from WrestleMania. Yeah. Um and, and actually giving WrestleMania true blue sports center coverage. Um To I mean to the point where ESPN doesn't even treat wrestling as a joke anymore. Like they once absolutely, it it used to be, and I know you'll know what I'm talking about. It used to be not even just ESPN sports reporters in general. If you even saw it on the news and you saw a news clip about somebody other than here locally, like Magnum TA or whatever. Yep, it was always tongue in cheek of a ha ha. Look at that,
1: those phony guys. And now they actually treat it like it's real. They they um i I always remember like um i think it was like the reporters that were up and coming that got stuck with the the wrestling beat yes like in the newspaper and and whatnot so it was one of those things like unless unless it was a joke or something like that you really didn't hear or something um maybe maybe a uh Somebody got hurt in the crowd or something like that that was otherwise newsworthy. A lot of times you didn't hear about wrestling in the newspaper or on Sports Center or whatever, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember many times seeing uh, highlights of, of the big wrestling matches on ESPN in the past 10 years or so.
0: Yeah. And, and, and the, you know, well, I think what else is helping is more and more athletes are coming out and saying that they are pro-wrestling fans or they're showing up at events with their kids and that kind of thing. Go
1: ahead. I'll also say this. I thought you were going to say it, being the guru, but uh, let me put on my little guru helmet here and uh, more athletes are wrestling. Yes. Dennis Rodman back in the day. Um, Rob Malone. Yeah, Carl, uh, Carl Malone. That was terrible. But uh, <laughs> uh, and, um, I mean, you know, you
0: want to touch on? I mean, they did. I, I mean, you, Boy Mayweather, you, you Tyson yeah. Fury. That's what I was going to say. Fast forward to now, and you got Tyson Fury, Kane Velasquez, who's made the transition Velasquez,
1: over as uh, uh, You know, I mean, Brock Lesnar went from wrestling to MMA and then yeah. back to wrestling. So that's kind of weird. But, but then he's you still got, doing. It. Like your boy from the the um, Broserweights,
0: Matt Riddle, buddy.
1: I was gonna, Bro. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: you, are,
1: you are so over on him. I mean,
0: like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, and a lot of it does have to do with the fact that I got to meet him on a uh, personal level when we brought him into VCW and just I'll talk about that. Um, probably three or four years ago. Okay. Maybe even more. I mean, maybe even five. Mm-hmm. Um. It it, it, it But, uh, you know, he was... When we brought him in, he wasn't even making... He was just starting to make some lead, headway on the Indies. Like, he wasn't even really taking off quite, like, as that guy who was getting brought in all across the country. And... But just getting to talk to him, I got to see where his head was at. Mm-hmm. And... He takes the business serious. I know a lot of people look at him, and they're like, Oh, come on, how serious? No, he really does. And he and he has a a mind for it that he doesn't want to do all the flip flop and flies. He rather, you know, he wants to incorporate the UFC suplex and all, you know, just talking to him. And I and 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 realizing that about him, I kinda I gravitated to him and I followed him on the indie sense and and to see him get picked up and to know to know you know. Here was a guy who, he had the balls, honestly, I'll say it balls, to stand up to uh, Dana White in the UFC on their drug testing policy, and it's no hidden fact he's a pothead, or was, and but his, and I shouldn't even say a pothead, he believed in medical marijuana usage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Out in Vegas, medical marijuana is allowed. He did not want to do pills to his credit. He didn't want to do pain pills. Now, UFC allows them to take pain pills as long as you've got a prescription drug, you know, pad, you know, uh, written out for it. Yeah. A prescription. He had a prescription for medical marijuana. He would get popped for being hot on marijuana by the UFC. Mm -hmm. And he said, how can you pop me when it's medically prescribed in the state where Mm -hmm. I live?
1: And And who are you to try to
0: push me to take pills? Mm -hmm. I have every right to not want to, you know, mess my mind up or get addicted to or whatever you want to call it to these drugs. If I choose to smoke weed, I should be allowed to do that. He got popped three different times, and he told Dana White, "You can kiss my ass." And I mean that to me is a ballsy move. You know he he had a he had a big contract that was offered to him from winning the UFC contest. I mean, you know, he's just got to, uh, and to know that he bounced from that to where he is now, you know what I mean? Like he literally went from having no job, newborn baby, newly married and transitioned it and made a career into wrestling. So,
1: well, really, he was like, he was going up. Yeah. Yeah. Then came all the way back yep. down to earth, struggled, and now he's, he's going yep. back. There you go. And, 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 yep.
0: Feel good stories like that are always good to hear. You know what I mean? So now, speaking of drug policies, yes. um, and that transitions me into our next uh, news story. And well, actually, hang on. I'm gonna go back to this really quick. But what I was gonna say about if they are to do the pay per views to ESPN, oh, talking, yeah. maybe even doing like a uh like they do with the EOC, which is you pay $4.99 for ESPN plus. And then in addition to, you pay the pay-per-view price of like $69.99. Boo. You tell me. You are a wrestling fan. I'm a wrestling fan. I agree with you, Mike. Hashtag. Computers. hashtag boo. I mean, <laughs> that is not a good idea. I don't see that they're going to make the money. I don't see how they can. I, it, you know. At, even if WWE only has a million subscribers right now, $10, that's $10 million guaranteed a, a month.
1: Yeah.
0: Why are they going to cut themselves off unless, unless it is to get somebody else to absorb the pay-per-view cost all, all the way around? You know, you go to ESPN, you go, look, we'll give you the rights to this pay-per-view, but you got to pay for the whole event. Now they got to absorb that $700,000 production cost.
1: I bet, you know what, I, if it costs $700,000 to put on WrestleMania, then it's well worth it. I mean, I don't see how, uh, like, the numbers side of it, yeah, it, it, it frees the the WWE of $700,000 worth of liability. Right. But if, the, if yeah, yeah it doesn't I, I, add I, up, it doesn't add up because, the uh, the profits on the t- just the ticket sales alone are going to be at least that. I, not,
0: I, I don't see why those. they. Would, I, I mean, there's got to be more to it than just. I, I know that they are. I mean, last quarter they did have to post a loss. Finan- they did post the loss financially, and I know that they're looking at we're losing money and, and revenue stream because our house shows are down. I mean, all anyway. Well, so
1: that- that- is changing just so much it's, oh yeah it, it, it's in it's a changing. state of flux and and i think wwe has weathered the storms that have come every generation so i think this is just that natural time where they're just gonna have to if it was me they're gonna have to either hunker down and yep. just ride it out until they figure out what's going on or they're gonna have to make a drastic change now this if this is their drastic change. They're really going to piss a lot of people off, and you know I'm not paying sixty nine or sixty bucks or whatever it is for a pay per view. I mean, they, those days if, are long
0: gone. If they want me to pay sixty nine ninety nine or even sixty dollars for a pay per view. They better start bringing a way better product than what they're offering me right Absolutely. now.
1: Absolutely. If I turned if I turned on if I paid fifty or sixty bucks for um what was it um. I mean, elimination you know, chamber. Elimination chamber, and it, like last year's elimination chamber, I don't think was so great. Nope. It um, wasn't. I would be. I would be pissed. Yeah. But even yep. still, you can't go from saying. I'll tell you this much: there's an old. I've been in sales for years. Okay, there. It's always easier to back the cart down the hill than to go up the hill. So what I'm saying is, if you start at $60, and then you say, you know what, WWE fans, we're gonna give you a break. You pay 10 bucks a month, and you can watch all you want. That's coming down the mountain. You can't push that cart back up the mountain just as easily, because there's gonna be a lot of people alienated. Now, the one thing I will say is, when you get six times the revenue from one pay-per-view, that you get from a subscriber for six months, you know, like for one right, month, right? I, I'm sure that they've weighed the numbers
0: out, and are at least trying to figure them out, and more than me and you can. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, that, that uh, I will go into this story. I was trying to try, I was transitioning to before I backtracked, and that's on me. Um, Samoa Joe, he, he just uh, he just recently it was announced by WWE.com, so this is not rumor and innuendo. It's out there. It's known fact. He got popped for a 30-day violation. Um for one, to look at him, he does not look like a steroid user bodybuilder yeah. type. Um it, you know, he's an island boy. He enjoys his food, <laughs> as they say. Uh <laughs> you know, and, and that that's I mean, that's just like a known thing about a lot of them. And they even say that themselves. So um uh the it, you know, it's <sighs> It's weird. I mean, I I couldn't tell you what he got popped on because they don't release that kind of information. All you can do is speculate. Uh, what do you think about it, Mike? What do you what do you got to say? And then I will go into a little bit more.
1: Well, you know, the whole the whole um, wellness policy that WWE has is one that I I know a little bit about, but I'm going to ask you about. Okay. So. Um, you know, having the insider info, and I know some of this is is more public knowledge than not, but just yeah, saying, yeah. Um, to get suspended for thirty days, were there any things that happened before that? No that first violation.
0: The, the, to be suspended for thirty days, that's a first time violation. The way that their violations work for the wellness policy is this. First time, first offense is thirty days. Second offense is uh, ninety days, and automatic rehab for thirty. And then third offense, done. No. He, now, if you can maintain, and, and they may have changed it, and I don't know what if they have in recent years. It used to be you maintain no strikes for like five, three or five years. And I, I, I would have to look it up, and I didn't, and I apologize. But if you can maintain basically, uh, you know, pee clean for three or f- three, three to five years, and keep your nose clean and no violations, then your violation drops. Okay. So, but unlike other sports, yeah, they, they do not offer that appeals process. That's and where here,
1: I'm go.
0: And, and here's the deal. Let's just say you worked, you wrestled for. For me, Mike, and 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 I and I go, hey man, Mike, go pee in this cup for me. And you go and you pee for it. And I come back and you're positive. And you go, whoa, I did nothing. Mm-hmm. You could have done it something as simple, and this could be in Joe Samoa Joe's case, as simple as an inhaler because you went home and you had a hard time breathing and you needed, you know, air adjustment from you know from one atmosphere to the other. You went from Colorado back to Virginia or Florida, wherever you may live, and you're having a little bit hard time, you, you know, okay, steroid, or you got a cold, steroids have, or an or, uh, uh, inhaler has steroids in it to help your lungs.
1: Yeah.
0: If you do not report to the WWE doctor and show them your script for your inhaler, and they call you in to go pee for them, and you pee, you're going to pee hot for steroids. It does not matter that you have that inhaler. You didn't tell them. Now you're in violation.
1: Have you heard of a wrestler where an inhaler did that? Yes, actually, it did happen.
0: It happened to uh, Roman Reigns when he got popped. Oh, really? Yep. An inhaler?
1: Okay. Wow. He,
0: he, he got popped. And then literally, like, the week he got popped, the week later he went down with his lungs. His lungs, like, collapsed on him. and I mean, he had a bunch of crap that went down. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was not a good situation. And, uh, you know, there, there's there been a couple times where it had Paige, and then Paige had her own uh, battle with her demons. But she did – her initial one was uh, a case of – it wasn't an inhaler. It was something else that was prescribed to her that made her pop hot. And she said, oh, crap. You know, like, you could – You could even go home, be off the road for a week because you're injured or you're hurting. And you go to your local, you know, your local, your your regular doctor and your doctor gives you Tylenol 3 for five days.
1: And that's Tylenol with codeine.
0: Right. And you forget to tell them, oh, my doctor gave me Tylenol with codeine while I was off because of my ankle. They pop you. They say, here, we need you to pee. And let's say within that whatever time frame that coding's in your system, you're guilty.
1: So really, the the judge, jury, and executioner is the drug test. If it comes back with something, boom, don't you're, don't worry about trying to explain it. Just take your month off, and we'll see you. We'll see yep. what happens afterwards. And, and the
0: only drug that they do allow you to get popped for is marijuana. Wow. And they they give you a $3,500 fine. Yeah, it's nothing. Seriously, you're right. It is. I mean, $3,500 is figure sales or T-shirt sales to them in one month. I mean, that ain't, you know what I mean? To them, it's like, okay, here's your check. So, I, I, I really, I think, you know, to WWE's credit for having such a strict policy, honestly, because they're doing... What they need to do to protect themselves and the, their wrestlers and the business, all of it, because as many people know and listeners would know, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, we had wrestlers driving like flies, oh, and yeah. it, it was all over pain pills and, and abusing them. And and back then they may haven't had a policy, but it was very lackadaisical, and it was normally. Hey brother, you, you look like you may be under the influence of something. You may need to get some help. Oh no, I'm good. And let him go. Yeah. And
1: or or it was, hey man, I know you're not feeling good. Right. We got we've got this pay per view or big match that we we got to get through. Here's yep. some pills. Let's just let's just get it done.
0: Yeah. What 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 what's it gonna take?
1: Yeah. Wrap wrap your knee up
0: take a shot of cortisone in the knee and here's a couple of Vicodin and go on out there and you go do your thing. And then, you know, you go and do that for a month. And next thing you know, you got yourself a nice little habit that you didn't mean to get. And I mean, you're down a bad road. So absolutely. I I, I mean, I, I can, I can tell from personal experience having to have pain pills is very easy to, I can see why you could fall down that rabbit hole very, very quickly. Now, let's get into uh, another uh, subject we got coming up this week, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the the Crown Jewel pay-per-view over in Saudi Arabia. No, we are not going to get into the political bullcrap of it all, people. No, that is not what me and Mike are here for. We're here to have fun. So, however, I would like to bring something up, and I want to see what you think about it, Mike.
1: Okay.
0: I don't know that the Crown Jewel pay-per-view is even needed because... It has really no influence on any of the booking before no. or after other than them trying to hype it and go, we got a big event.
1: You know, you want to know what the significance is of this pay-per-view? What's that? The um, the shit ton of money that the McMahons are going to make yep. from the Saudi uh, royal family. And I mean, it's just insane. Uh, these, these events, I remember when the first one was put on a few years ago yep. and it was huge and it was really awesome, honestly, to see the crowd and, um, uh, see people who probably had never been to a WWE event. WWE had never to- been.
0: You're, no, you're a- a- accurate on that. WWE had never been over into the land of Saudi Arabia. So had they been to the Middle East before? Yes. So,
1: so in that regard, that's really awesome. Yep. Um, And without going, as you said, without going into politics, this is a total cash grab. That's all it is. The storylines don't mean anything. The matches are thrown together kind of haphazardly. And you have to worry about like part of the issue is like because of the politics, which we're not going to get into, there's wrestlers who won't go. And so you can't continue all of the storylines into the pay-per-view because some of the people object and they, yep. they, they just can't go. And so, I mean, what a what a fucking terrible thing this is. Like, I,
0: I, I agree on all everything that you're saying. I will say this. The cash grab aspect of it is good for the company and the wrestlers that get to go over there. Because of right now... The wrestlers that choose to not go, they choose to not go. Or, Sami Zayn has been told because of his religious beliefs and he's a Muslim that they will not allow him in the country.
1: Oh, Sami Zayn is Muslim. Yeah. Really.
0: Canadian Muslim.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Muslims in in Canada. No, that
0: true. is very true. true. And, um, but he is. He is. But he's also. He's got. Uh, it, it, he. It's. It's it's do it's his uh, ethnic background. He is born of 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 descent of uh. I forget exactly where. He, I mean, he's not. He has like uh, the Muslim religion is in his is in his that part of his background. You know what I mean? Like, um,
1: okay.
0: I, I think you understand
1: why. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not trying cool to. This. We're good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So, so they told him, hey, for your safety and the safety of everyone around you, yeah. you this one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There okay. you go. The company did. The, and, uh, Responsible. Dan, That's Dan
0: good. Dan, Dan O'Brien has a personal objection. Kevin Owens, uh, he has said he doesn't want to go, but if he had to, he would. Aleister Black is not allowed to go because of his tattoos. A couple yep. of them have religious uh connotation and they say "Ah, and not allowed over here Um, but to WWE's credit by going over there they allowed women in the audience for the first time ever to watch an event with their husband and kids and and they allow women to compete now now getting ready to be two events in a row they are, I, I guess you would say, making some strides there, helping, you know, helping show some Western culture. And, but what I was going to say, the cash grab is a lot of the guys, it's almost like a bonus back in the day. They used to make WrestleMania bonus checks so much. So some of them were able to pay house payments or for a year, mm-hmm. buy new cars, whatever, you know, pay, put your kid through private school for the next four years, whatever, you know, whatever you did with your bonus money is what you chose, but that was your bonus. And they no longer get those bonuses from pay-per-views like they used to because they can't figure in pay-per-view buys because it's all on the network. However, when you got the Saudi government over here offering you $50 million to come in for one show, here you go.
1: Yeah, and I want to say one thing because on a slightly different angle of that, the guys that don't go... right guys and women, the men and women that do not go, they they are really taking their career in their own hands, and it's a big risk because does that make you look like somebody who's not a team player? People, people in the workforce in their regular jobs face similar things on a much smaller scale usually oh, every yeah. day. But it's funny to think about professional wrestlers having to decide, do I put aside my beliefs? And things that are important to me, because I don't want to get blacklisted and buried in the card or let go. Yep. Oh, and my contract is getting ready to come up for for renegotiation and renewal. Okay, I better go to this thing just so they don't, you know, look to replace me. Right, and, and you know you you're you're accurate
0: on that one too. I mean, I think somebody like a Daniel Bryan who has a, a personal stance against going, and he has said, "I will not go." And he has every right to say that. And to WWE's credit, they have said if anybody is not comfortable going, you will not be punished or it will not be held against you. You just basically will not get the payoff. Now, I see that eye roll, Mike, and you kind of got to go with is that the company line and rhetoric or, you know, because like you said, even like on a small scale, you, you know, I could be work. I work. You know, you could be working for a, a big corporation or a small corporation, and you got to take those things into consideration.
1: Of they may tell me that, but is that really accurate? Or are they telling me the truth? Well, or, I'll tell you what, I run my own company, and the guys that I know I can count on to go do the work that we do day in and day out, they're going to get first crack at the jobs, and well, the ones that, that pick and choose what they want to do you know no, what, no,
0: what, okay i'll just say let's just say you had a case of somebody who ran into a situation of uh somebody who had a per- personal stance for whatever reason i won't i won't even get into whatever it could be just a personal stance against going into a home or whatever to help you out with a job and they said look mike i can't do it i just cannot do it and here's why would you look at them and, go, and would you say ah they they didn't that one job they didn't want to come for, but they did every other one. Uh, would use-
1: no, I mean, I would look at it. I would take it on a case by case basis, and you know, if it's if it's a reasonable objection, and whether it's safety or right, um, religion or whatever it was like, that's fine. Like, I'm I'm a human being, and I'm a compassionate human being. But um, at the end of the day, the people that are in the trenches. Every day,
0: and you have a company run to run too, and that's WWE. The same thing, I mean, that you can be a team player, but at the end of the day, how big of a team player are you? You're right, and uh, I I think, though, I mean, all that aside, I I agree. I, I mean, the only thing is, and here we go, we're it's going to take us into another story here, actually, and it does have to kind of tie in with this the SmackDown. The news coming out now, this week, SmackDown's main event and another match I was talking about have now been pulled from WrestleMania. We had uh, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns as kind of a foregone conclusion, which a lot of, you know, as Mike is holding his thumbs down, a lot of fans were not behind. They did not want to see it. They were not happy for it. And... Ray sucks. It- <laughs> hey! Hey! It, you know... uh, I I, uh, <laughs> I had it coming to me.
1: Wait, um, is there an audience in here? Wow! <laughs> hey, keep it down. Keep
0: it down. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, a lot of people. They, I mean, just you know. And if if WWE were to be reading the internet, they would see. Oh, hey, Roman. The fans didn't want to see it. They did not want to see that match. So. That brings it, and then the other match is John Cena and Elias that they pulled, so mm-hmm. that that brings us though, we got Goldberg facing Bray mm-hmm. at the showdown at the the Saudi showdown here. There's now talk and possibility that Goldberg walks away with that belt.
1: that and, makes absolutely no sense. Somebody who hasn't been around you haven't even heard a whisper about Goldberg for well I guess since what was it last year's Saudi Arabia event yeah
0: when he when he totally blew the crap out yeah yep yeah Take- when he when he you know knocked himself out and got concussed and totally looked like crap against Taker yeah. yeah
1: yeah no I and mean, that's that's that is insane I mean look Guys coming back and making a big pop is one thing. Right. But it, I'll put it to you this way. If they're going to bring Goldberg back to win the belt just to drop it right away and not see him again for another year, I don't want it. If they're going to develop a storyline with him and in a, a real solid feud that leads up to something, maybe at Mania or, or somewhere thereafter, hmm That's fine, but God help them if they if they mess this up, which they're 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 going down that road, okay? (laughs) They are mess this up. I'm gonna riot. I'm just telling you. I I mean, right now the the
0: rumored uh, what is rumored is possibly Goldberg beats Bray for the belt to face Roman at the WrestleMania with Roman going over on Goldberg for the title. Because they know that then Goldberg would actually be getting the boos like he did against Brock Lesnar when he faced Lesnar at Mania a few a couple years ago, Um, and he came in as the champ. I don't want to see it. I I mean, he's fifty whatever years old. You know, whether you like Bray
1: shape, but
0: no, no, I agree. But whether you like Bray or not, this is you don't take that belt off of Bray especially over in Saudi Arabia, and you don't have a big Bill Goldberg that does it. And, and then, then, you know, then the other rumor is Cena versus The Fiend for the title at Mania. Go ahead, well,
1: Mike. I want to go back to, to Bray versus Goldberg here. Yeah. So, um, Goldberg at this point adds nothing to Bray Wyatt's storyline. Absolutely right. nothing. Yeah. If anything, that would take Bray down a notch that he can't afford to go down. And then, how are you going to get him back up if he, if, unless he was just a placeholder in with the belt until something happened? But um, I know that's hard for you to hear. But uh, I just, I just. Like, well, me- like- I mean, it's not, just, it's, it's not just me. I mean, I think
0: I, there would be a lot of people that would agree with me. Right now, you do not do that to the Fiend character. You don't do that to Bray. Not not when he was able, As I mean, as anybody would know, he was buried so far down as Bray Wyatt. It took nine months off to come back and be something again and make people want him to come back. And he was able to reinvent and come back with this Fiend character You don't kill that off. That's something special that you let, you know. But now then you get into the rumored match of what about possibility of The Fiend versus John Cena at WrestleMania?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, look, you know I'm not a fan of Bray Wyatt. There was one match that I saw. Oddly enough, I think he tagged with John Cena. And he was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. He was moving fast. He was, he was, it it was the most dynamic match I've seen with Bray Wyatt. Everything else for years, I have hated. And, um, you know, this whole Fiend character, I'm not a fan of. I do like the, um, the Funhouse. Like the, that's a really creative um, little bit that he does. But he's
0: poking fun at himself.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's twisted. It's, um, it's just creative. I like it. it but, like, the mask he wears and, like, all that shit. Like, please. Like, I, I just, I, I'm not a fan of his whole gimmick. But, um, and I wouldn't want him you doing the mandible claw on me. I just, if I'm another uh, worker, I would, I would uh, just people putting their hands in my mouth. No, I don't want that. Especially <laughs> him. So, um, but, like, let's say Cena, let's say the guru is right. And it's Cena fiend at Mania. Yeah yep. i I look at it like um, it, it would build up Bray Wyatt to a point that he probably has never been before.
0: Mm-hmm. Because if you
1: put him over. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be he'd be like beating Superman.
0: I think that they could actually establish you're, you you actually may be hitting on something there. They you, if they're going to have him face John Cena at Mania and not Roman. Thank God you got to put him over on John. And if you do, you're going to actually put Bray into that upper echelon main event status of he is now that guy that can be in that upper tier and handle those matches. He faced Cena a couple of years ago at Mania and laid down and did the honors for him. Now it's time to repay
1: it. Well, I don't care what they do. I don't, I don't know that I'll ever think he's a main eventer um, consistently. Like, he has, he has his moments. He, well, I mean, you've got to give the
0: man credit. He got himself in way better shape than he ever was before when he came back. He lost a ton of he I mean, whether or not you can tell he lost over like 50, 60 yeah, yeah. pounds. Um, he's got himself in way better cardio. He's moving way faster than I've ever seen him move. And he he's he's even I mean, pulling out new moves that that he wasn't doing before. I mean, I, I get it. I can't sell you on them. I'm not gonna try to sell you on them. That's not what I'm here for. But I'm gonna oh. hit on one. Much one, is- last, one last little piece of information that is coming out right now and, and is starting to become kind of a hot topic, hot button topic, is Matt Hardy's contract's up at the end of this coming month, at the end of March.
1: Okay.
0: Um, that they 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 said maybe that's why they did the bit with Randy Orton. Maybe they're writing him off of TV, and now he's gonna be going off into the sunset. Hello, AEW. Um, there's even The talk that, you know, people that watch AEW, uh, you got the Dark Order over there. There's talk that he's going to be the leader of the Dark Order. Um, I think a lot of, I think wrestling fans that know the creativity of Matt Hardy that he did when he was in TNA with the the delete character and all that. Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, Broken Matt want to see him be able to be creative again. I I think that's really what they want to see. However, WWE in the last two days are offering him a position down in NXT along with being part of the creative team and and helping behind the scenes.
1: Well, as we talked about on a previous episode of the refs roundtable, I do firmly believe that Matt Hardy needs to retire from in-ring action. He could be a manager. He could be working behind the scenes, doing storylines and and production. He could be working in the training center, whatever it is. But for the love of God, let's not break this kid, this man, excuse me.
0: No, you're right. He's
1: he's 45 years old. I mean, broken was a very, very uh, accurate term for him. When you I look- just can't stand watching him try to run or jump, like his legs have taken such a pounding, it's painful to watch.
0: He's always been bowlegged or or cowboy legged, whatever you want to yeah. call it, but it's definitely over the last couple of years. It's become pain- more painful to see him in there. And I mean, would you consider the 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 level of work that him and his brother put in? They're doing oh, yeah they were doing tlc matches way before you even knew how to protect each other better than they do now um i mean this is back when concussions weren't known of being concussed it was oh i got my bell rung let me go out there and i'm going to wrestle again tonight and i i agree with you i mean i i get i get fans wanting to see his creativity okay, let him be creative behind the scenes and come up with ideas and storylines and see what happens for other people, not himself. I mean, what that creative genius... And maybe AEW as the Dark Order guy manager is where he needs to go. That may be where it is. But honestly, I don't see Cody and them having come up... Go ahead.
1: I just had the, the the moment of clarity here, Guru. Go ahead. So um, Matt Hardy should go to AEW and work with the Dark Order for a year or so. He'll get the connections with all the up-and-coming talent from AEW. Yep. Then he comes back to WWE to work behind the scenes, and he's the conduit that's bringing all of this talent from AEW to WWE and or vice versa, helping some of the guys go from WWE to AEW. Because I think there could be a good relationship that they could work out to keep guys moving I, between the organizations.
0: Oh, I think they could too, but I don't think they could ever, they would ever want that known because then they wouldn't have yeah. the fans looking at it as the war, the great war that it. Absolutely. Great, so uh, okay, I know I said last uh, last subject, but... Um, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, no, we're not going to give our picks, but we got AEW Revolution it is a Saturday you got coming up. Um, that's the second pay per view for AEW. Um, you know, there, I really am. I, I got a hard time with the main event and, of Jericho and Moxley. I mean, I'm you know we could give a, we could give a quick rundown, but. And I'm not even trying to get into that whole match, but the fans have already seen Jericho and Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Two or three years ago. And may yes, they may not have been allowed to be creative as you know in (laughs) WWE. But you know what? Creative or not, their match was not stellar.
1: I don't remember it.
0: So if you But I
1: am a big Jericho fan. I am too. And I am a big fan of no longer Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. I'll
0: totally dig the Moxley character, and I get the appeal that he has to the, the the fans. I really, I get it. I I can see it. I just don't see them main eventing together when you could have had somebody else maybe plugged in there. But I get I you then you go well, who do you put in there? I don't know. I really I wouldn't even know where to be because AEW is still new. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're still establishing. They got so much talent that they're establishing still. Yeah. And it's not the talent's fault. The talent, a lot of them came from the indies. They got to get out there and get known. And they're they're doing a good job of doing that. They really, really are. But um, that's just one that I'm not looking. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, on paper, yeah. And even the buildup to it has been kind of like, oh, okay, I, I see it. But I haven't really been able to sink my teeth into it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, to be honest, like, AEW, honestly, like, all you hear is Jericho, Moxley, and Cody. On the, I mean, like, that's, like, the lion's yeah. share of what they talk about. So there is some overload there where at a certain point you might get burnt out of just yep. hearing these, these guys. And it's, like, they're just kind of all trading places. And, and uh, maybe that's not the right way to say it. But, I mean, it's, like... They're, they're, like, the fans want to see two of them fight. And then there's always the other. It's, it's just this, this weird thing where, like, I watch it, and I'm, like, I'm not really, like, getting hooked on it. Because right. I know just a month later, they're going to be putting just a slightly different spin on things.
0: Well, I, I, I mean, you got the, you got the Cody... And MJF, which that has been, following that whole storyline has been tremendous. I mean, from the best friend, screwing the other one over, kicking him in the balls so he doesn't get the world title. Remember that
1: time you kicked me in the balls when we were wrestling?
0: You know what? I can remember kicking you in the balls and getting a roll-up so I could get a win, by golly. And you know what? You do what you got to (laughs) do.
1: I remember those words, ref. Do what i gotta do
0: oh, oh but i'm looking forward to the cody and mjf i mean even the 10 lashes when they did that that was a pure emotion by the end of that i mean you're bringing dustin down
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh
0: i'm i mean just all that you know who who could not if you have a sibling or you're married even or both who could not relate to that, you know, of having your wife going, no, don't do this. And then you got your brother going, come on, you you know, man up. You got this. You got this. I believe in you. And after he done said, please let me take the 10 for him. Like what, what, again, what sibling wouldn't want to see or do that seeing their sibling get the shit kicked out of them and go, Hey man, that's enough. Enough's enough. Let me step in. I mean, I know me and you both, you know, we got our siblings, their sisters, well, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll disclose that now, but it, it, you know, if I saw somebody whooping my sister, besides wanting to kick their ass, and they said, "No, no, 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 you got to take," didn't let me take it for her. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's so I can get that emotion as as a brother, and as you know, I I, I know you can relate to that too, Mike. I mean, on both levels of brandy appealing to him and and, and and begging him please stop you know enough and and everything
1: so by the it, way, I, by the yeah. way speaking of brandy yeah do you remember this is this is a little bonus wrestling with the past moment here yeah you me and brandy have a little bit of history together
0: yes we do go ahead tell them Mike
1: so uh myself the ref... And I think I had a couple other friends there with us as well. Yeah, um, we may have. And uh, so we I think were at, Max with us, huh? I think Max had come with us. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, Max. Okay, so we were at WWE event at the Scope. Yep, Norfolk Scope. And uh, after the match, some of the wrestlers were walking by and just saying hello, shaking hands, and it was and a house show. House show, yes, it was a house show. And, uh, who walks by, but miss, miss Brandy, Brandy Rhodes. Yep. And, uh, we snapped a couple photos. Sure did. And, uh, little did we know that was her last night as a WWE employee.
0: It literally, we, we had our house show and like two hours later, it got announced on, on all over the internet that she was leaving and she was done. And me and Mike both were like, whoa. Like in fact, actually Mike texts me to say, Hey Jeff, did you hear that <laughs> so it was uh Yes,
1: yeah, so Mike <laughs> told the guru the breaking news.
0: Yeah, we were
1: the last fans, the last WWE fans to get a picture with Brandy Rhodes. At least
0: we'll believe that ourselves. I'm, that's what—that's the story I'm sticking with uh, yeah I, I mean she may have met somebody at dinner later at night but we don't know about it and that doesn't matter so we were the last WWE we are the last real WWE fans there you go now Mike we're going to get ready to wrap this up yep and as we have often or as we have done we normally share a nice childhood uh, or, or memory for me and you whether it's childhood teenage years whatever
1: yeah
0: we're going to take everybody back to the great year of 1991 or 92, there was a little known band out there <laughs> that my good buddy Mike had uh, introduced me to. Kind of, I mean, I knew who they were, but he really kind of got me hooked on them. Well, little known band. I don't know if people remember them or not, but their name happens to be Guns N' Roses. Uh, and, and they had not ever been. To our area. And I'll let Mike, uh, what all do you remember of this uh, really quick? I mean,
1: well, I just Googled the date. Okay. June 22nd, 1991. Okay, there you go. Okay. And Hampton Coliseum. It was the Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 tour. Okay. Skid Row opened the concert. They had their album, I believe it was Slave to the Grind that they was just uh, released that, yep. Yep. And um what did your sister drive us?
0: Yeah, my sister had the had a, a Mustang that looked like an <laughs> had the Pinto design back in the day. Um that, I didn't know it was a Mustang. <laughs> that, that, and this thing had like a rusted out floorboard to the point where you could like almost see the ground below you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and and her friends had even nicknamed it the Pentang because it looked like a Pentang. Oh. A Mustang. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yes, uh, me having the older sister and me and Mike wanting to go, and my sister, of course, wanting to go, you know, she was wanting to go with all of her friends. Yeah. And it was, hey, if we get money for the tickets, will you take us with you? And she said, I think half begrudgingly, maybe, but she agreed to take us. And uh, <laughs> and then, I mean, like, literally, it was, we get there to the show and, In fact, I'm not even sure that we rode with her to it. I know we rode back with her, but I want to say one of her friends that was going, one of her guy friends that were going, uh, there's like a big group, like, from what I recall, it was her and her boyfriend, Al, or he wasn't even her boyfriend, but Al, or a bunch of her guy, you know, guy and girlfriends, it was like a group of them, and we went like three or four car deep, I mean, to it, and uh, anyway... It was just, like I said, the fact that Guns N' Roses was coming here, they have not even been back to the area since. Not even on their reunion tour.
1: Um, I think the closest was D.C.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, I,
0: I mean, anyway, so we get there. And, like, my sister, we park. Okay. Guys, get out. You're on your own. The heck you talking about? And then... Here's here's me and little Mike. 1991. We're all of age. We're about 14, 14. 15 years old. Yeah. 14 14 years old. Yeah. Maybe 13, 13, 14. Yeah. Not having no clue what a concert was. And then, you know, they had here at the Hampton Coliseum something called festival seating, which was they had no seats on the gr- on the floor, mm-hmm. and that allowed for you to have mosh pits and you know all that good stuff that went with a good rock concert. Um, anyway, needless to say, me and Mike we show up. We're oblivious to you know how concerts were or what a rock con what went on during them. And house lights go down. Mm-hmm. Skid Row comes up they kick into slave to the grind or whatever it was or monkey business or what crowds start swaying. Me and Mike get
1: separated. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> I don't know the exact capacity of the Hampton Coliseum, but let's say it's 15,000 people. I don't know
0: uh, about that for, for a concert.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you one thing. We were standing you know, on the floor about, halfway or two-thirds of the way back from the stage and there was no doubt that all 15,000 people wanted to be in the front row and oh, yeah. we were sitting in their way it was like <laughs> a tidal way like a tsunami of people a tsunami of humanity coming forward I got knocked to the ground oh, yeah. and I was trampled and for a minute there I was wondering am I <laughs> going to be able to get up and is this how I'm going to die um, it was insane and, and, you know, everything worked out just fine. But, uh, that was, a that was an experience for sure.
0: I remember for me, I mean, like literally like as soon as that happened we got separated, I mean, within a matter of like two minutes, I had no plans of getting separated, but we did. Yeah. And at that point, no cell phones, there's no, no calling your buddy up and going, Hey, where are you? <laughs> it was let me scan the sea of humanity of 15,000 and hope I see them. And we didn't see each other until the end of the night. But yeah. when, as you're getting trampled, I'm wedged in between a rather large sized lady and, uh, another, and her friend's boobs. Hey! Like, ah! <laughs> you're thinking you're going to get trampled to death? I'm thinking I'm going to get smothered to death. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And literally, like, the hand of God comes down. Kid, grab hold. And some some dude with, I mean, like, a, an arm the size of road warrior animal here. <laughs> he tells me to grab hold, and he pulls me up enough to get me out and through the crowd. Wow. It was not a security guy. It was just somebody who saw me panicking and going, I can't breathe.
1: I can't breathe. (laughs) Well, if you're going to go being smothered by, by somebody's bosom is, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Hey,
0: if you're going to die, why not die that way? Right. I mean, uh, you're about to get trampled to death and I'm about to get smothered, but either way we came out alive. We came out, uh, and I mean, Niels, I think that we probably had probably one of the best time, you know, a really great time that night. I mean, I wish that we had been able to be together and enjoy it, you know, but there is nothing, honestly, nothing like seeing Slash in person. And I, I you know, I'm going to, we are going to wrap this up. I will give a little side note. Fast forward a few years later. Me and Mike, once again, go to see another slash concert. Slash was now on his own. He yeah. left Guns N' Roses. He was uh just Slash and no, Slash's Snake Pit. That's it, Slash's Snake Pit. And he was with a
1: band called Tad. D-A- I can't do it. Tad. Sign language is
0: there you go. go. So what was uh I had called Mike up. I said, Mike, I got, I'd actually won tickets, I think. And I said, Mike, I got tickets to this, the Slash of Snake Pit and, and, and some group called Tad. He was like, Tad's going to be there? Like, he was more excited over them than Slash and Snake Pit. So once again, uh, my sister took us. We went to the Boathouse. The Boathouse. And uh, there was uh, some other band performing before Tad. You want to well, know who
1: Tad that was? Our, huh? You want to know who that was? Who was it? A band called Jellyfish.
0: Okay. How in the heck did you remember that? Or did you look it up?
1: No, I know it.
0: Oh, okay. I'm impressed with your memory on that. Uh, that Because I could have told you. I remember Tad and Snake Pit, but I didn't know Jellyfish. But we were in the parking lot, and we come across a, a van like that, honestly, you look like a, you say, hey, little kid, I got some candy for you. Come over here and go look for my puppy dog. <laughs> a, a, a panel van is the way to describe it. There you go. That's better. But um, so it was, I, I'm not picking on the band. I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying we come up and it was a lead singer, if I'm not mistaken, of Tad, right? And we got yeah. to talk to them. And we talked yeah. to him for good, like 30, 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, his name is Tad Doyle. Yeah. If you've never heard the band Tad, please, 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 please check them out. They were on... Good band. uh, They were on Sub Pop Records for most of their career before they went to um, a major label. I think it was a Warner subsidiary. Um, But they, uh, like, here's a little known fact about Tad. And there's a really good documentary. If you go on YouTube, there's a couple of them. You'll find it. Um, but it's uh, Tad, by all accounts, was the band in Seattle that everybody in Seattle thought was going to be the big band. Really, so nobody Nirvana was going to be the band or Soundgarden. You know, Pearl Jam only came in came around after Andy Wood died of Mother Love Bone. So it was like Tad was going to be the band. And so um, when, when all this stuff happened with, with the, the craziness with grunge, like I love grunge. And, yeah. and so it's like everything happened but Nirvana and Soundgarden and then Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and all these other bands, uh, Mudhoney, they, they just shot to the top of the, the pecking order, and Tad got buried, even though they were the one that a lot of people picked. To be to be wow. the uh, the king of the the land and uh, so Tad Doyle um, he's a large man. It's kind of funny his, his initials are Tad T A D, but uh, his his stature is very large. Which yeah,
0: is, uh, I do remember that. I remember him sitting on the side of the van and just talking to us, and he was a very large man. So
1: um, awesome, such a nice guy. Oh yeah, music to this day. Um, I don't. We didn't get to meet Slash. I think he. No, we saw uh,
0: he came off his bus and we saw him and then his his security was all getting him into yeah. the you know, but that was yeah. that was an awesome awesome time for us. I mean, going to those two concerts that uh we mentioned there. So ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jeff The Ref. This is Mad Mike Kelleher and we are with the Wrestling Roundtable, part of Wrestling with the Future. Let me tell everybody really quick. March the 14th, go on over to Hampton uh, High School. We're going to be having a benefit for the Hampton Crabbers, VCW, Vanguard Championship Wrestling. You can go to Vanguard VanguardChampionshipWrestling.com or VCW-Wrestling.com or you can find them on Facebook at Vanguard Championship Wrestling. And, uh, of course, you can go there. You can see and get your ticket information. Mike. Where can they see you on PBS?
1: Uh, Yeah, you can catch me on a show called Legacy List with Matt Paxton. Um, Check your local listings. It's on PBS Public Broadcasting. Uh, We basically tell a family story through the items we find in their house and and really tie a lot of history and other things together. Um, It's a lot of fun. So check that out. You can find me on Instagram at at MK333 or um, uh, also you can find me at uh, Hi-Fi Mike RVA on um, uh, Instagram at Hi-Fi Mike. Uh, basically, I have, I have one side that's more my personal stuff and one side that's focusing on music and records and stuff like fun, weird stuff.
0: Oh, well, feel free to contact you via your Instagram accounts and then, you know... If you got any kind of you want to talk wrestling music or anything with Mike, or hey, you know what? If you got if you got an item that you may want him to give you kind of an appraisal on yeah. or what he may think that something's worth, take a picture of it, send it on over to him. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to at least yeah. help you out with that. Go what ahead. That? Yeah, go ahead. Tell us about that shirt you're wearing.
1: Uh, so last week you liked my Godhead Silo shirt, and so yeah. I decided every week I'll try and wear a, an interesting T-shirt. So this week is uh, a little place. King's Head Inn is is what he's wearing. You ever go there, Jeff? Never been. Okay. So back in the 90s, and like late 80s, early 90s, there were those. You go to the boathouse and catch the major acts that were touring through. And there were so many great shows at the boathouse. Absolutely amazing experiences there. Um, a lot of but then, dads,
0: when they were getting
1: started, went to the boathouse first before they really took off. Exactly. If they weren't big enough for the scope or the Coliseum, they'd go to the boathouse. Um, now, before they would get to the boathouse, a lot of times they'd be playing places like um, the Peppermint Beach Club. Yes. Or Peabody's. <laughs> or, uh, Firehouse. Firehouse. Or, uh... yeah. And then... Uh, also King's Head Inn. So okay. they had a lot of great punk and hardcore shows and um, <laughs> a lot of good alternative and and uh, underground acts would would play the King's Head Inn. Alright,
0: well, let me tell everybody where they can catch me. They can catch me at on Twitter at Jeff Rob four one nine seven seven. I think we're going to maybe have a wrestling roundtable Twitter account getting started here soon. But we also we are part of the Wrestling with the Future family. You can catch uh, the Wrestling with the Future over on Wrestling with the Future on Facebook. You can also download the Wrestling Table anywhere you find Wrestling with the Future, which we are on all of your major podcast platforms out there. And as of recently, we are at over 360,000 total downloads of Podbean, Podbean only. That's not counting everywhere else. As I say, we are the little podcast that could. We are making our way. We are making our name and we will continue. Me and Mike will continue to bring the latest uh, news and the latest, uh, you know, Uh, things that are happening in the wrestling world and our take on what's happening out there. Once again, my name is Jeff, the ref, and I am joined with Mike, my co-host, man Mike over here. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening.